Welcome to meeting number four of Frodham Town Council's Amenities Committee. Uh, agenda item number one, apologies and reasons for absence. Joe, do we have any apologies this evening? We do. We've got apologies from Councillor Sumner, who is attending a Cheshire West Manchester meeting. Okay, thank you. Uh, item two, any declarations of interest? Um, I raise my hand on this, Joe. I do have um, a declaration of interest for item number 10. I'm also chair of Hop Haywood Friends Group. So I won't be involved in any discussion on that item and I will defer the chair at that point to Richard Lofts, deputy chair of this committee. Thank you. Uh, item number three, public participation. Uh, members of the public are invited to speak on items which are on the agenda. We do have a member of the public this evening. Would you like to speak on an agenda item? No, thank you, Alan, Chair. <laughs> okay. Uh, item number four, approval of the minutes of the last meeting, which was held on the 14th of August. Has everybody, everybody cited on the meeting minutes? Mm -hmm. Is everybody happy that they are a true reflection? Mm -hmm. I'll just sign those now then. Item number five, uh, which is our budget, this is just to note the current budget report um, has been provided and expended to date as at the 31st of August 23. And Joe circulated that with the meeting pack. Item number six, uh, this is Greengates Park. So, a couple of elements to this item. Uh, first one is to note that the trees are alongside the path to the right as you are looking up towards the um, play area have been strimmed. Uh, next item is to note that the uh, notice board has been ordered <coughs> and that following information received from the uh, Cheshire West and Chester monitoring officer, dogs will be allowed in the park provided they remain on the lead at all times. Uh, next item here is to note the report provided by Stevenson, Stevenson Halliday uh, with a complete snagging list. And D to agree any further action to be taken. I've just, just got a bit of an update. Uh, apparently these speaking tubes are now working. Uh, there was never any plans to grade the spoil from the uh, making of the area. So there are large, larger stones in the outlying area. There was never any thoughts or suggestions that they should be graded any differently. Uh, what um, Horticon are currently saying is that they've been strimming that area and they just moved the stones out of the way that are in the way. Um, so that was that and that one. Uh, these uh, wires that hold the climbing planks, they're, they're used as a climbing frame. Um, so they have suggested putting in bigger wires and I've sort of gone back to them and said, I don't think it matters how big the wires are, they're going to use it as a climbing frame. So they're looking at maybe some sort of wooden trellis something like that, but I suspect it will still yeah, be used as a climbing frame. So uh, I'm waiting for prices on that, and I'm not sure what you what your thoughts are. Um, you just need plants to go up, I think. I was just going to say that, once the plants are there, do you think that's going to be a deterrent enough? Mm -hmm. I think part of the issue is to take them out as well, because you can just, um, you, they're, 
they always like to fit in and they just yeah. get them out and you'd screw them loose and then they'd back and I think they just take them out and put another one and then they climb on them and things. So short I think you've put a wooden trellis in they'll climb on that as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't think until the plants grow up there's a huge amount we can do. It just looks really unsightly in the meantime because it's all they're all wiggled in, wiggled in, wiggled in. But and whatever we do will be a charge to the county yeah. because it's not uh, it's not yeah. a failure, it's a vandalism if you like. Yeah, I think we've got enough timber on the playing field as it is without adding more. Mm. Um, you know, it's too tempting for the, the naughty kids to set fire to it, mm. yeah. like they do on salt works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there um, any option of going to the Green Gates Community Project and just seeing if they'll um, I was hoping that Lucy would report back on that because that was an action from the last meeting. It was. Um, but not, I don't know whether they've met or not. Okay. Well, let's make put sure that we on. put that back on for Lucy to speak to the um, community project group to see if they can monitor or, or maintain. So there's a bench in there, it's part of wooden work, but you could put something that climbs quickly like a paracanthus that's prickly mm -hmm. around mm -hmm. the edges where they, where they insert in because that will very quickly mean that you can't find hooking without prickling yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah. As but a what, sort of natural we want that kind of plant in a children's area. Let's put that action for, for Lucy okay. and then we can, we can always come back to that. I, I have to agree, I don't think Probably if we put anything wooden up there, it just Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to help, that's what we need to get those plants grown. The same with the trees that uh, are going to be replacing as well. Uh, again, that's vandalism, it's not the trees that have failed, it's, it's the kids that have failed. Dear. So, whether you want to replant the trees? We are, I would again, it's a cost. There is a cost. Um, I'd like to think we should be replanting the trees, we shouldn't just be accepting that that's something that we should go back to the committee on them. We can. Did they suggest a multi-stem tree rather than <coughs> some nice thing that I read? I don't remember reading that, but you could be right. I think the problem is the ones they've snapped are ones that are attached to they're just a single stem and they've just they've, they've used the the tree score as a fulcrum and just snapped it. Uh, other multi-stem trees on site and trees wi within the planted areas have not been targeted. Yeah, it's probably because they can't as easily. Okay. Um, so maybe we should think about what we replace it with. But I think we should have. I think we should have something there. Yeah. The problem is, once the tree matures, it'll be fine. But I don't yeah. think it'll get if you replace it, we're going to potentially snap it again, aren't we? If it's a single stem. Yeah. Maybe we can go back, Joe, and see if what they would recommend. Okay. Uh, and then if we can get a cost. In the long term, I thought it was going to open give it a bit of shade because it is quite open, the, the thing, and the multi-stem ones probably won't do that as well as a, no. as a normal tree, but I just... I'd say it, it may be that if we have to replace with a single stem, we have a, some better protection mechanism whilst it's being established. The real option is get a very mature tree in place, but that would be very expensive. Exactly. And that still, it wouldn't guarantee that it would survive. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. If we, yeah, if we have a look at protection, I think it would, it would need to be something substantial, but again, it's, there's a cost difference <laughs> involved there. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay. And our portagon going to continue with the remainder of the snugging so that it's complete? Apparently so. Okay. They were supposed to cut the grass last week. It was cut. It was, That's okay, thank you. I was just going to say, does anybody notice whether they did? Okay. So can we keep the snagging list on the agenda for mm -hmm. the next committee, please, yeah. Joan, and we can just make sure that those works are being completed to our satisfaction. Yeah. Is everybody happy with that? Can I just raise a point, my regarding that? We're, we're presuming that Horticon are doing all these things. I mean, it's either removing stones or what have you. But uh, uh, from a council point of view, is there anybody to look and say, look, they have taken them away? We're only going on their word, it's such a solemn saying. We are. I think Bernie goes on site quite a lot, and that's why I think what Joe um, asked Lucy as a member of the Green Gates Community Project Group was for that particular project group to go and check. To monitor it. To monitor it uh, and make sure that you know it is being maintained. Because yeah. what I'm really concerned about is we're going to get to the end of this snagging period. Exactly. And we're going to end up having exactly the same problem and Horticon are just going to wipe their hands of it and say, well, we've done what you said, but we've no way of doing anything about it. Yeah. Which is why I think it needs to be an agenda item. Oh, definitely. Like we next need, as well. yeah, we need to keep yeah. on it. But yeah, Lucy been, has been asked to see what if the community project group would go and have a look and uh, maintain, see yeah. what's been done, because ah. uh, they've got a vested interest in that. Would it be better to maybe photograph, get them to take photographs as a record? Yeah, yeah, I think Bernie does take or has taken some photographs in the past, but absolutely, if we can have photographic evidence, then it's, it's yeah. something that Joe could go back to um, Stevenson Halliday. I think well. that's a good idea because it's documenting the, yeah. the, the development then, isn't it? Yeah. And we've got something exactly as you said to look back on and say, well, in September it was like this, in October it was like this, in November it's still the same. Yeah. So, so what are you doing? Okay. Great. Okay, thank you. Machine, thank you. Uh, item number seven, which is the town clock. Uh, just to note that the Cumbria Clock Company has agreed to hold the price until May 2024, mm -hmm. and that enables us to um, budget for the works um, in next year's preset. Um, we also have quotations uh, for regular maintenance of the town clock together with the original clock, which is currently located outside Cash 22 on Church Street. Uh, that's £235 per year per site, uh, price fixed for three years. Uh, the site, Cash 22 site, well, both sites will also require a cherry picker, which will be £240. So that will be an annual maintenance. So again, so that would, need need to go to, would we need to take that? into next year or have we got enough in budget to do that? I would say they, they need doing now. They've not been, well certainly one in Cash 22 hasn't been maintained. Yeah, well we, it works. Yes, I mean we, we don't need to do the town clock. No. Because in May, mm -hmm. there'll be a year from May when we're doing that, but I would start Absolutely. with the cash one. Is everybody happy with the price of that quotation? Yeah. Okay, Joe. If you can. That's a good point actually because once they've done the repairs next year then it will be 12 months after that before yeah. we would need to yeah. start so that contract. It's only the, uh, the one on Church Street that we need to budget for this year. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Thanks Joe. Thanks Judith. 
Uh, item number eight, which is our play areas, uh, is to note that the works approved at the meeting held on the 14th of August have been instructed um, and scheduled. Uh, item number nine, this is Cromere Lake. Uh, so this is to note the uh, response to the request uh, raised to use Cromere Lake for training exercises um, in the use of new flood rescue equipment by um, our Frogen uh, Fire Brigade. They uh, have come back to the, to the requests um, raised, so they've said no fish will be harmed during the training exercises um, and common sense approach, approach with anglers will be adhered to uh, as a fire service. Do understand this is a community entity to be shared by all. Um, they've also confirmed that no water will be removed from the lake as the fire service has alternative training locations for pumping water. They use the River Weaver currently for that. The fire service would be looking to use a lake approximately three or four times a year um, and each session will take about one hour. Um, the fire service is requesting the use of the lake um, due to its shallow depths which is ideal to simulate a, a flood or a water rescue. And this will give firefighters some valuable um, practical experience of wading stroke rescues in a familiar local environment. And for the fire service would treat the lake, wildlife and residents with the utmost respect. Uh, do we need to take a vote on whether we are happy to approve the use of the lake for training purposes. Did, uh, have they given a commitment to make good any damage that may accidentally happen? Uh, yes, it's this, with the common sense approach. I'm sure they will, but I can go yeah. back to them and make sure that they do. Okay. <clears throat> Are we happy to approve or do we need to take a vote? Um, I'm going to ask for a named vote because that's what Frank asked for last time. That's fine. We can have a named vote then. Can I just ask if Frank wants a named vote, why isn't Frank here? Because he's not allowed to join the committee because he... When the space is on the committee... Well, members of the public can't request a named vote, I don't think. So I'm asking for it on his behalf. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'm happy for you to ask for that. So, can you so, all put your hands up for those in favour? And let me pull in. Let me see. Richard, Richard, I'm not going to down here. And those objecting, please. So, the rest of you are abstaining? Full. <laughs> okay. Thank That's great. Will you get back to the fire service, Chairman? Thank you. Um, right. I am going to uh, defer the next item, which is item 10, which is Hob Haywood, as I declared an in interest, and I'm going to hand the chair to Richard Loss for this item. Yeah, thank you, Chair. So, um, point 10, Hob Haywood, to note that the following appeared a heavy rain, the stone path for the main bridge in Hobhay Wood up to the path to Bradley has been washed away. Um, the second point is to consider a quotation for path repairs under finance regulation 11.1 extension, extension to existing contract for grounds maintenance. I presume that's an existing contract with North Wicks Town Council. Yes. And this is 
the court number 1576. Yes. Would you like me to read the court? Or has everybody got access to this? Everybody see? You've all had it in your hands. It is in the packets on the website. You want me to read it? No. Right. So the important thing here is um, supply lane compact MO, um, MOT stone. What's MOT stone? Um, I can't remember. It's, um, it's, it's road the road stuff. Is it? Road plane into it. I can't remember what it's. Don't talk about it. No, no, it's alright. It's not like you have to renew that every year, that's all. No, it should be a once only. Yeah. Uh, to restore washed out foundation supply and layer 50mm depth of limestone dust to the entire path measuring approximately 100m squared. Supply and store uh, into concrete foundation and launching to a new ACO grid to intercept path runoff at every 50 linear metres, making a total of five runs, which is £2,886.50p. Optional extra, remove existing timber edge to both sides of the path and supply and install new pressure treated 20 by 100 millimeter timber edge with pegs at every one linear meter, 1,380. Total cost of the two together is 4,266 pounds and 50 pence. So that's um, the cost to actually do that. Should, they should do both rather than just can I just note from a budget point yeah. of view, mm. we've got uh, £2,000 in the budget for Hob Hay. However, you could argue perhaps this climate action caused it to happen and there is £10,000 in the climate budget. The drains are new, aren't they? So they're not on the current path, are they? Because they don't want the washing away again. No. So presumably they're saying put the drains in every whatever it was, yeah, five so metres. It should stop it washing away. <clears throat> yeah, and then what's this? Did it remove the existing timber frame, so that's that. Just reline that. And reline it. So, what they're going to do is it going to be an improvement on what they've done so previously? Like a yeah, a compacted MOT path. So, they, they would have to dig out to get them down to a foundation and then supply, lay and compact the stone into a concrete foundation. So they must be removing all of that and putting in a new concrete foundation with the path on top. Presumably the new drains because there's a concrete foundation means even if part of the path washes away, we're only going to have a small segment wash away each time rather than the entire path. So we'd only need to repair part of the path rather than all of the path. There's no mention of any drains on the quote. Is that not the aqua drain? <coughs> aqua grid? Is that not the drain? We don't want no, to that's just one of those things like that. Yeah, yeah. Like a grill thing. Yeah, yeah the last one takes some of the water away. Is that not the idea behind it? Is that not what they're thinking about? Yeah. That it would drain the water off the path. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. So often it goes I think, I think you would, if we can find the budget from somewhere, I think it's better to have some fresh treated timber as well if we do spend that much on We just don't want to end up Haven't like two years down the line and doing this all over again. Yeah. 
Uh, is it going to be an improvement on what we've got? That's what we really want to know. Yeah, but I think the grids aren't in the current path. So, so it's an improvement to that and a, a better base because that was done by volunteers with. Can they get whatever vehicles equipment they need to it? Because I know that's always been a problem in the past. Yeah. With hog hay, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they've been down um, uh, to date the site and. School council, both those budgets sit within this committee. The optional extra uh, removing existing timber to both sides is, is that necessary? I mean, can they still do the repairs and do what they need to do with the stone, um, the lines, the dust, the path, etc., etc., the concrete foundation without adding another £1,380 by replacing the existing timber? I'm figuring they must be able to because it's an optional extra, otherwise they would have said that has yeah, to yeah, be yeah. done. Yeah. Mm. So what you're thinking, don't do that bit to save money? Mm. I'm just wondering how they'd get a grid, because if they're going to take it down to the foundation, they're going to remove it all from the full width of the path, so we're also going to be supporting the timber at that point, from just basically disappearing to the bottom of the path. How old is the, the, the present it says it's the third year that it's gone, so at least three years. I think that in my problem, I think if they, as they take it out, I think we'll find that the timber will probably become a problem if we don't replace it. And it it's say the stone, the stone is spreading over a yeah. wide area. As soon as they start disrupting movement and disrupting it, it's not going to be structurally salvageable. After three years, you'd probably be able to replace that anyway, wouldn't you? Even if it was pretty good. No. I don't presume it's not like something down there weatherproofing and treating it every year, like you would in your garden. So, yeah, it doesn't last that long. We've sort of been here before with this a few years ago, when we still had Paul with us, the uh, paths just washing away. I'd like to think we could find a solution that's not going to be the same in two years. I suppose, years is, is there a difference because it's not being done by volunteers, it's done by being done by Contractors rather than volunteers. Drainage, but the pipe drainage in. Are you talking yeah. about like, like it was it a French drain? Yes. Yeah. So it's saying it's having a concrete foundation, presumably the volunteers haven't already put in a concrete foundation, so that makes it more sturdy and, and has done a saying that the grid. You don't often get that. <laughs> Do you want to move to a boat? I think we just googled it and lifespan of that kind of timber entry is apparently five to ten years, so I don't know whether it's been, whether it's been treated regularly or not, I don't know. But it sounds as if it's in the ground it'll last less long than if it's fresh and treated and it's a structure, wasn't it? Yeah. I think that's actually water and all that. Is that water and all that? Yeah, I think that's a membrane underneath. Yeah, I think it's a weed. That's where the water would have gone down. Yeah, I think that's where the water would have gone down.
Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, it's your, it's your own property. 
I think we only painted them red because when we bought them, we were given the red paint. Right, right. That's my understanding. The red. Well, there is another way of doing it, and that's to put the defibrillator out of the phone box. It's just that I don't think the phone box necessarily identifies that defibrillator apart from it set across the top. Yeah. I think that was my that was my discussion point to start with. It's just that K2 one is a bit contentious, isn't it? Because I've it's circulated very, very rare. There's only what six is it left in the country? I don't know. It's well, can rare. I can I just add one point then? There are two in Helsby, and neither of them are red. The one of theirs is a more modern phone box, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. So it, but only one of them. The other one is the is it a K2? It's a K6. K6? Yeah, both of them are K6s. Yeah, the one that's been laid the one on the corner oh, there. And, yeah, and the one outside um, Netherton. Yeah, Harry Lane. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, far be from me that if we painted the phone box yellow instead of red, and suddenly there was anarchy in Frodsham. No. Because we've got a different colour phone box to identify what was in it. I don't want to start a revolution. All I'm saying is, I think that if we paint it red, we paint it red. If we leave it as it is, that's fine. But it saves us some money. It just, to me, it seemed a better way of identifying what that, what was in that phone box. I would ask the people of Frodsham if, if I can make a comment, I think that normally if you need to use a bit defibrillator, you're told the, the exact address and you get a code to use it, don't you? And um, yeah, you can't just upon that up information, you, you would kind of know what you're looking for, so it's not necessarily everyone going past would need to know there's one in here. I think it's more you, you get given that information. You do, you can't access the defibrillator without the so, ambulance service. And I think it's kind of quite historic, isn't it, the look on the mm. phone box. I think, I think there might be some people that would be upset by it. Mm. Well, in that case, if it's a case of you're already being told where it is, so you'll get the exact location, and people won't be hunting around outside the phone box looking for a defib that's inside it, then I've got no problem. Mm. Um, we don't necessarily need to. It was just an idea that I thought it would be a better way of identifying what equipment was in there. But if people were being given that information before that. Yeah, they, they have got that information, but I think, I, I, I do think that one outside the chum, it is a very rare one. And I think that one should be red, but there's nothing to stop us putting a but sign on it because no. there's something about there, there that. Isn't, that there isn't a defib in that one. Oh, it's not that one. I was opposite the Netherton Arms. Oh, that's that's right. yeah. oh, sorry, I'm not yeah. to that one. Well, so the one at the Trump's listed, isn't it? That's listed, that's, 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 that's what I thought you yeah. meant. Okay. Yeah. No, and that, no, I wouldn't have a Because in a way, I think it is good to have, because people, oh, they paint them yellow. Oh, that's because there's a defibrillator there. And I think it would it would be a good thing for people to know. I think I'd, I'd, know. I'm not I'd go for more of the stickers in the window, bigger, bolder, sort of. Yeah. What what happens? These all these defibrillators we've got eight of them. They're registered with the Community Heartbeat Trust, yeah. and each one of them has a code. So if somebody okay. rings nine nine nine, that goes through to the ambulance service, who contact the Community Heartbeat to say which ones are in operation. So we have them inspected every two weeks, so we know what's online, what batteries are about to go, whether they've got the rescue kit in mm -hmm. it. 
um, and whether they've been previously used. So then the ambulance service say, is there somebody with you or are you on your own with the patient? If there's somebody with the patient, they will say your nearest defibrillator is opposite the Leatherton Arms or Chester Road. This is the postcode, it's in a red mm -hmm. telephone box. Yeah. And that's the only way they can get access to the defibrillator. Yeah. But there is a worry, it hasn't happened for a while, but where we've got a, uh, one outside on the community church, which is outside, is easy to attack. Mm. Because it's their goal to save the defibrillator in this box, and they've got a monetary value. Yeah, it's the same with the one at the Jerry's community centre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the one at the community centre is just in a. Yeah, 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 yeah they're just in a case, aren't they? That's mm -hmm. back to the wall. It's not, it's not a big issue for me. I mean, it was just something to bring to the committee's attention. Uh, if we don't think it's necessary to paint them red now at this point, then it's a cost saving. It's not an issue. I think the idea uh, that was already mentioned previously was maybe just signage, especially where it doesn't just says telephone, it now says defibrillator. It does. It does. Uh, you know, and if, it, if that was just highlighted a bit better, that's all. It's maybe, just, uh, maybe you could just do something like paint the top bit of the box and have a sign put on it. Yeah, yeah, or just, just defibrillator and then just yeah. something in the window of the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's obviously yeah. a phone, an old phone box. Yeah, yeah. Rather than uh, destroy some of our, our history by painting a different colour. Mm. Okay. <laughs> never looked at myself. I know. It's the age they were built. Yeah, the yeah. one, the one by the Chumley is very rare because it's a post box as well, and it used to have a stamp machine on it. You could buy stamps and post your letter and make it. Yeah. Yes, that's the one I thought we were talking about because yeah. it's very concerned about six in the whole country. Yeah. So, so we, we don't need to take any action on that. Or do they need painting? Do they need painting as in they're looking not great? It was to, my, my uh, proposal was to paint it a different colour. We don't need to paint it a different colour. No. So as far as I'm concerned, there's no need to go further down that line of painting it. Right. I think it's just the fact that it, it, it was highlighted just with where it said defibrillator at the top. We don't necessarily have to paint the top a different colour, but a sign just in the window to say, you know, defibrillator, position at whatever. Okay, can we get a quote just for some additional uh, item number 13 is the Green Centre Field. Um, so A, to note that there are 10 properties on Blue Hatch who hold tenancies for a strip of land between the field and Blue Hatch uh, with Bodgham Town Council. This is due for renewal in January 24. Uh, to note reports of rats entering rear gardens from the field and to note a request for cutting back the vegetation to the rear of properties on Blue Hatch. Can you give us a bit more background? Yeah, give here, a bit more background. Please. The tenants are, it's, I can't remember the numbers, but the tenants are, as you go into Blue Hack, it's on the left, obviously, backing onto the community field. They've had an issue, a long-term issue with rats, but they're very close to the railway line. Um, they're close to open fields and people have bird feeders in the garden, so 
there is always a potential in an urban area near to, near to a, a railway that there are going to be rats. Um, I spoke with the uh, officer at Cheshire West and they certainly don't think that by cutting down that shrubbery where it's thought that they may live, that is going to make the rats go away. They'll just find somebody else, somewhere else to go. Um, so I looked into it a bit, a bit further and the issue is really is with the tenancy agreement, I would have said, where the tenants are being assigning to say they will keep their fences in good order, bordering both sides of, uh, and they can't, they can't get anywhere near the hedges because that's what they've got at the back of them. So I've met with two of the uh, people who, who live there and have got tenancies. Apparently originally there was a footpath that ran alongside the community field and some years ago the town council in its wisdom decided rather than having to maintain the path they would see if the residents wanted to take it on. So the residents pushed out their boundaries if you like and they all have licences. They all have a seven year licence uh, and it costs them a pound a year. So that was for renewal. So I did speak with a couple of the tenants and the only thing I pointed out was if we remove all of this vegetation then more like it's easier for somebody to get access over your back fence so it, it does actually give you some sort of degree of privacy but um, certainly the residents I spoke to were adamant they would like this to be removed so they could maintain their fences and stop them getting rotten. So it's quite a big area. Um, it, would make, it would make it more secure to stop people getting in. Less secure. less secure. Yeah. No, I mean, if you leave it there. Yeah, if you leave it there. It's a way to be less secure, yeah. Uh, but then it's the residents who are asking for it to be removed, and yeah. it's us who are asking them to take it down. So, you know, it, it's um, mm. a corridor for the wildlife, yes. isn't mm. it? Mm. But uh, it wasn't all, it didn't used to be there. It's just got overgrown mm. as it slowly encroached. Because when they took on the tenancies, they put the fences up and they could maintain the fences until about three years ago when. Apparently, the cutting got further and further in. I'd, I'd be inclined for us not to do it. And if we did it for that row of houses, then everybody no, in bordering onto the field would It would be all it. those houses. All no, those I mean, houses on the other side of the field. No, but if they see it's being done on one part of the field. Is it the other side of the field, the school? There are houses on the oh, other side, but they've just got a yeah, but they're, they're, yeah. You've got it's all the houses at the end. So you've got a school here, but that's yeah. a perfectly but kept hedge there. The, the roadway, the walkway in London Road, oh, that borders the there, so there's no houses, there. houses there. There's a couple of houses at that side, and then there's, there's the school. And then you've got a couple of bungalows, isn't there? That have got that one on the other part of the field. Yeah. I don't think it's a lot. Can I ask you to come in? Sorry, I'm against cutting them back on the principle that reduces the wildlife biodiversity, but the strip of land where the, where the shrubs have grown up, mm -hmm. is that included in the tenancy agreement? No. no. So they've got out to their fences there. So, yeah. so if where that, all that little growth is now is where there used to be a footpath. And why can't they maintain it from their side of the fence? Because they can't get access to it. The, the, the shrubbery is right up. Presumably their property, their gardens extend now to the, on the, the other, so that photo there we're looking at, you can see this bit of land that we're proposing to cut back, and you can see the fence there. That's the only fence you can see. And they're saying they can't get up the fence from this side because of the shrubbery. Yeah. Can. Why can't they get it from the other side, which is in their gardens? Can't reach six foot down on a fence. So there's a drop, is there? Yeah. Right, I'm with you now. Okay, fine. But they could potentially... There is a bit of a slope. 
we could potentially go into the field itself. Oh yeah, no, they can't get through. No, they can't get through because of the shrubbery they're saying. So I didn't realise it was. I don't know. Some miles since I've been up there, but it's so it's really overgrown. Yeah, well, and there's rubbish thrown in it as well. You know, it's a wildlife corridor. I wouldn't remove it because it, we so would get expected to do it on every piece of land that we manage. You would have to come back to another committee. But I suppose the difference is here is we part of the tenancy agreement says they must maintain their fences bordering our field, but they can't because we've allowed the vegetation to grow. So do we need to bring this back to another committee where there's an agenda item to consider the licence? Yes. I would think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Can, can we just cut like a 2 a path down the back with a bush cut or something? No, it's just no, too I, much. I, it would end up being very costly and we would then have residents around Frodham would want the same facility yeah, and that really is what people want to pay the council tax for. So the, the, the cost for it is, is for 552 to also prune all the trees which are self, whatever trees do. <laughs> and the final thing I had was about the tenancy itself was that um, presumably could we just not renew the tenancy? No, what are you going to do? Remove the garden from them? Well, you'd return them to their old boundary, wouldn't you? But. Um, this is, this, is, this is what our previous council has been. I don't want to have that conversation, but. <laughs> if this, you would this, like to go and meet the This is the downside of uh, these agreements. Yeah, because it isn't, the, the field isn't level, it is banked up. Yeah, so I think we Then it does make it a little bit different. But we don't have any objections. If they want to clear their bit of fence mm -hmm. on the field, then. Um, I think it probably needs to come back to the committee to have a look at the license. Yeah, yeah. Can I just ask, would that, would that solve this problem with the rats, I take it? No. The rats are still going to come, they're obviously by the railway, aren't they? So are they going in by chair? No, no, no. <laughs> 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 So we're going to review the license, but we're not going to cut the land. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, 
Uh, item number 14 is marshlands, and this is to note that uh, work to remove fallen trees has been completed. Uh, item 15, uh, Clark's report. Joe, do you have any additional items? Uh, so, uh, item 16, the date of our next meeting is the 9th of October. And with that, I will close today's meeting. Thank you very much.